Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of capillary fluid exchange from the cardiovascular section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this topic with an introduction. Microcirculation involves capillaries, the smallest blood vessels that are the site of exchange of nutrients, waste products, and fluids. Capillaries are thin-walled and have a single layer of endothelial cells and allow for the exchange of solutes and gases. These include oxygen and carbon dioxide through simple diffusion through endothelial cells and water-soluble substance, for instance water, glucose, and amino acids with diffusion through aqueous clefts between cells. Next, let's discuss exchange of fluids. Osmosis is driven by starling forces, namely hydrostatic and osmotic pressures. Protein contributes to osmotic pressure, noted as oncotic pressure. Filtration is the net fluid out of the capillaries into the interstitium. Absorption involves the net fluid into the capillaries from the interstitium. The Starling equation is JV equals KF times PC minus PI minus pi c minus pi i. The fluid movement is determined by the sum of the hydrostatic and oncotic pressures. The variables are kf, which is, quote, hydraulic conductance or water permeability of the capillary wall, and this determines the magnitude of fluid movement. pc, which is the capillary hydrostatic pressure which favors filtration out of the capillary, PI, which is the interstitial hydrostatic pressure, which opposes filtration. Pi C, which is the capillary oncotic pressure, which opposes filtration. This represents the osmotic pressure of capillary blood due to plasma proteins. And finally, Pi I, which is the interstitial oncotic pressure, which favors filtration. Note that the magnitude of fluid movement for a given pressure difference is determined by hydraulic conductance, or KF, or water permeability, of the capillary wall. Let's now discuss edema in more detail. Edema, or swelling, is increased interstitial fluid volume. It occurs when the interstitial volume is greater than the ability of lymphatics to drain it back into the circulation from increased filtration. Causes of edema include increased PC, for instance in heart failure, decreased mu-C or decreased plasma proteins, for instance in severe liver failure, failure to synthesize proteins, nephrotic syndrome, and loss of proteins in the urine, increased KF or increased capillary permeability in burns, infections, and toxins, and a release in histamine and cytokines, and an increased PI-I, which is caused by lymphatic blockage, where filtration out of the capillaries exceed the ability of lymphatics to return fluid to the circulation. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over one question to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. A 66-year-old male with a history of myocardial infarction presents to your primary care office with complaints of dyspnea or exertion and swollen feet and ankles. On exam, you note an elevated JVP and 2-plus pitting edema of bilateral lower extremities. What is the most likely explanation for this patient's lower extremity edema? 1. Increase in capillary pressure. 2. Decrease in plasma proteins. 3. Increase in capillary permeability. 4. Increase in colloid osmotic pressure.
or 5, increase in interstitial fluid pressure. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, increase in capillary pressure. Given this patient's history of myocardial infarction and findings on physical exam, his lower extremity edema is likely due to an increase in capillary pressure secondary to congestive heart failure. An increase in capillary pressure occurs in congestive heart failure as a result of increased plasma fluid volume backing up into the pulmonary and systemic circulations. Remember, starling forces determine fluid movement through capillary membranes. Net filtration pressure is dependent on the balance between the hydrostatic pressure gradient and the oncotic pressure gradient across the capillary. In heart failure, increased plasma fluid volume results in an increase in capillary pressure, thereby pushing fluid out of the capillaries and into the interstitium. There is a compensatory increase in lymphatic drainage in order to prevent the development of interstitial edema. However, as more fluid accumulates, this compensatory mechanism is overcome and overt peripheral edema develops. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. In the first citation, King et al. review the diagnostic features and evaluation considerations in patients with heart failure. Patients most commonly present with decreased exercise tolerance with dyspnea, fatigue, generalized weakness, and fluid retention with peripheral or abdominal swelling and possibly orthopnea. They highlight that the most important consideration when categorizing heart failure is whether left ventricular ejection fraction is preserved or reduced, less than 50%. In the second citation, McMurray provides a review of the guidelines for recommended treatment in ambulatory patients with systolic heart failure. Pharmacologic agents include those that provide relief of symptoms only, for instance diuretics, and those that also modify the course of the disease, for instance ACE, ARB, and beta blockers. Furthermore, lifestyle changes such as restriction of sodium intake are routinely recommended, although this recommendation is based on little evidence. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 2, a decrease in plasma proteins would cause excess fluid outflow into the interstitium and occurs in conditions such as nephrotic syndrome and liver failure. Answer choice 3, an increase in capillary permeability would cause excess fluid outflow into the interstitium and occurs in conditions such as infections and burns. Answer choice 4, an increase in colloid osmotic pressure in the interstitium would cause edema via fluid flowing from the vessels to the interstitium. And finally, answer choice 5, an increase in interstitial fluid pressure would not cause excess fluid outflow into the interstitium. And that's all for this review about capillary fluid exchange. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.